Wedge Issues is brought to you by Wispolitics.com, a place where political insiders go for news, opinion, and campaign information. Once again, that's Wispolitics.com. Governor Tony Evers introduced his first budget since taking office this week. And surprise, surprise, Democrats and Republicans are going to spend the next few months fighting about it. I'm Jesse O'Poyan, and this is Wedge Issues, a Cap Times podcast about state government and politics in Wisconsin. Tony Evers says his spending plan is a people's budget crafted after weeks of listening sessions throughout the state, listening to the wants and needs of constituents. But Republicans say it's a liberal wish list full of Democratic talking points and non-starters. At some point, both parties are going to have to find some areas of agreement. But right now, a lot of the focus is on those points of divergence. My Cap Times colleague, Eric Lawrenson, joined me this Friday morning to talk about what Governor Evers introduced and take a look at some of the specifics of the plan. Stay tuned in just a minute to hear about it. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Jesse. <laughs> how, are, how are you doing on this fine fine Friday morning? Happy. It's a Friday morning. It's Friday post-budget. Post-budget. This is kind of weird. Usually we do this on Thursday afternoon. but We we're, sure do. We're serving this episode up hot. Yeah, hot hot and ready like a, like a little Caesar's pizza. <laughs> That's your... <laughs> That's your reference? I don't know. <laughs> it's early. I'm tired. Yeah. I don't no, have I, great references right now. Is there pizza? Co- I actually never had it's Little Caesars. Oh, okay. No. Well. Um, you know well, what I did have yesterday, though, was Casey's General Store Pizza. You really love that place. Yeah, I do. I merely have, I, I mean, I'm always so charmed by their, like, antiquated signage. Not antiquated. That sounds like a diss. Just, like, fun, like, it's old-timey just, yeah. signage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is their pizza good? I love it. Yeah. But like, I feel like it's like a nostalgia thing. Okay. A little bit. But okay. like, yeah, I think it's fantastic. But it's like Casey's brand Best frozen bre- No, it's, pizza. I mean, it's hot. It's hot. Oh, it's hot. Oh, okay. So you go and like yeah, get it from get their it. hot. Yeah. 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 Okay. Or you can order it. Sometimes they deliver it. I mean, it's like oh a legit pizza God. business. Yeah. And it is the best breakfast pizza. And I'm a little upset that I don't like have one with me right now that I'm talking about it. But yes. yeah. Um, yeah. Casey's, if you'd like to sponsor Wedge Issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think we've already given you a lot of, this is like a preview of what we can do for you and your brand, Casey. <laughs> Casey, who I can only assume is the CEO and sure. founder of, of Casey's. Um, well, anyway, uh, much like the new album from Solange, Tony Evers has dropped his new budget <laughs> for 20. You were really, you were ready for that, weren't you? I, I kind of was a yeah. little bit. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> up all night, like, I've got the perfect line to open the podcast with. Um, but in, no, seriously. In many ways, Tony Evers and Solange are, are similar. Yeah. He is the Solange of Wisconsin politics. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no. Anyway. Um, but uh, but also much in the way that Carly Rae Jepsen has been teasing us all with some new singles trickling out Ooh. for in advance of her new album. Yes, I mean Evers has already been sort of he's been um, dropping hints and you know specifics about what's going to be in this thing for a while. So That's it wasn't right. entirely a no. surprise when he you know 
reveal the the actual document last night. It wasn't, but there were still some surprises, it turns out. All right. Well, let's back up. First of all, I think maybe it would behoove us to talk a little bit about just basics, what people should know about the budget. So this is kind of an every two years thing. Broadly, you know, as you might imagine with a budget, we're talking about fiscal policy, taxes, funding. Also, sometimes there's also just kind of non-financial policy measures that get tossed into the mix as well. Mm -hmm. And every time people say, we don't want to have policy in the budget, and then everyone puts policy in the budget. But yeah, I mean, this is how programs get funded. This is how tax policy gets decided by and large. So um, it's a spending plan for the next two years for the state of Wisconsin. And the governor introduces his or her proposal. We haven't had one of those yet, but governor introduces his proposal and the legislature takes a look at it. And the Joint Finance Committee is the committee that deals with budget things. And that committee spends a few months basically kind of tinkering with it, figuring out what they're okay with. And then the legislature takes it up and the legislature can approve things or change things or introduce their own things, eventually they send something to the governor's desk and the governor can approve it, veto it, or do partial vetoes, which, uh, you know, gets a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Uh, And this is like a months long process. I believe in past years, there's been a deadline for actually passing this thing. I don't know if that's the case. That is always the case. case. So the fiscal year ends at the end of June. So in theory, you want to pass a budget by the end of June. Uh, That being said, Wisconsin doesn't go into a shutdown if it doesn't pass a budget. So uh, the incentive and the pressure is is not too high. So you can go past that deadline and and the state just continues to operate on the funding levels that were set under the previous budget. So looking at the last two budgets under Governor Scott Walker, two budgets ago, uh, they blew past that July 1st uh, date, but they got a budget in place by like the second week of July. The most recent one, we went into the fall, and I think there's uh, some expectation that we'll probably be dealing with this one little bit past okay. that deadline. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I we shouldn't bury the lead here. The big difference between this budget proposal and those of years past is that we're no longer looking at a Republican-controlled government anymore. Tony Evers, spoiler alert, he's a Democrat. The legislature is controlled by Republicans. I mean, uh, whereas in past years, you kind of could actually expect the budget getting proposed by a governor to be what actually, in some way, shape, or form, will be something that might actually be enacted. The mm-hmm. dynamic feels different this time around, right? Very different. Yeah. 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 You know, Tony Evers, uh, when he proposed his budget last night, he spent a lot of time talking about these listening sessions that he and Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes did throughout the state. Um, and they're they're calling this the people's budget. You know, they they visited people everywhere. They brought them into rooms, heard about their concerns, talked to them, found out what they wanted put it in a budget. Uh, the flip side of that is Republicans are saying this is a Democratic wish list. This is just a liberal press release, just a bunch of things that Democrats want and no compromise. Even the things that Republicans could get on board with, they say they don't really quite do enough. So yeah, we're setting ourselves up for Republicans taking up, going to the base, the the current funding levels and starting from there rather than starting from what Tony Evers has proposed. All right. Well, How about we just dive in and actually look at some of the specifics that are in this proposal? Um, 
Uh, we've talked about a couple of things already that Tony Evers has already sort of acknowledged. We're going to be in this thing. We've talked about marijuana. We've talked about uh, women's health. We've talked about tax cuts. One big takeaway, though, from the, the, the proposal has to do with roads funding. He is proposing an increase in the gas tax. And moreover, he is also proposing sort of chaining the gas tax to inflation. So it'll kind of perpetually be something that goes up over time. Um, yeah, tell me a little bit about this, because uh, this has been a huge sticking point, budgetarily speaking, in the past. This has been one of the big reasons why the, the government has failed to meet that fiscal year deadline in, in, in sessions past. That's right. No one can agree on what to do about transportation funding. So um, the thing you mentioned about tying the gas tax to inflation, that's something that Wisconsin did for uh, some time, but it was a it was a, a policy that was passed with bipartisan support and then taken away with bipartisan support. And I think you know people have talked about that's potentially a, a reasonable way to just kind of incrementally increase that uh, revenue. Um, but yeah, Tony Evers wants to raise the gas tax by eight cents per gallon. At the same time, he wants to repeal the state's minimum markup law just for fuel. So that is a law called the Unfair Sales Act, also known as the minimum markup. So, so, so that law, um, getting rid of that, Tony Evers argues, you know, this this component is artificially inflating your gas tax. And while we're going to raise your gas tax, we're also going to get rid of this thing that's costing you money at the pump. Um, the getting rid of the minimum markup is kind of a not necessarily a partisan issue. Some Republicans support getting rid of it. Some oppose getting rid of it. Same with Democrats. Um, but I think, you know, that's that's an area where it's it's in a way, an appeal to Republicans, but Republicans looking at that said, yeah, we, you know, we, we can have that conversation, but we don't think it should be tied to, you know, another tax increase. So that, so the transportation funding would, you know, there, there's a lot else involved there. Um, components like raising uh, fees on heavy trucks, um, raising the fees on, on vehicle titles. So he's talking about sort of everyone has to give a little bit here. And I think this is an area where there are going to be a lot of moving parts. You know, as I guess as we've as we've looked at what people have tried to do with transportation before, the heavy truck fee increase has been proposed before, and sometimes people like it, and then some people don't. And so you're you're going to see, I think, a lot of give and take in this transportation budget, um, and and I would expect that that will, as it has been in years past, continue to be a pretty big fight. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, let's next talk about healthcare. Uh, the big story here has to do with Badger Care and the expansion of Medicaid, which is something that has been, you know, kind of a, a, a big hot topic that going back to last year's election was a big talking point for Evers. I mean, what did he ultimately roll out? So no surprise to anyone, Evers is proposing accepting federal funds under the Affordable Care Act to expand Medicaid in Wisconsin. He says that that would expand coverage to an additional 82,000 people in Wisconsin. Um, so he's expanding that eligibility up to 138% of the federal poverty level. Um, so he says that money frees up $320 million to direct toward other health initiatives. Republicans oppose this because they say it puts more people on government health care and they worry that there are strings attached to federal funding, that it's not going to be there in the long run. Um, and, and so that's been a no-go from Republicans from the start. Gotcha. And moving right along, we should talk about 
schools and uh, funding for public schools, this has been one area where there has been some agreement. Right? I feel like Republicans are interested in increasing funding uh, for uh, K-12 education in the state. Evers went big on this one. He proposed increasing funding to uh, to how much, Jesse? $1.4 billion increase. Yeah. Which- 10% increase. Um, it's big. Yeah. And it's not a surprise to hear that coming from a former state superintendent of public instruction, a former educator. Um, but yeah, this is another one of those areas where the two parties agree on principle, but Republicans are saying, well, that's a lot of money. You know, where's that money coming from? Can we really afford to spend that much? And so that budget includes things like $600 million in new funding for special education, um, some initiatives that are directed toward the state's largest school districts where there are a lot of racial disparities. Um, and, and so, you know, in, in principle, I think people agree on a lot of what's in the education section. What they don't agree on is a proposal to freeze enrollment in the state's voucher program mm-hmm. um, and to sort of stop the expansion of new charter schools in the state. And that's going to be a huge sticking point in the budget. I understand there were actually some protesters there at last night's address in the Capitol, right? Yeah, it was a really interesting dynamic. There was a a drum line from Milwaukee's Rufus King High School, which is a public school, Mm. and uh, a bunch of kids and families protesting Evers' proposal to, to freeze the voucher program. And so you had kind of the public versus private, but not really because the private school folks were enjoying the drumline as much as anyone else was. But yeah, it, got, it was a, it was a very interesting dynamic in the Capitol before the budget speech. Oh, well, well, let's also talk about the UW system here. And I feel like this is, you know, on these two points, there is quite a contrast to the budgets in years past that Walker has rolled out where there has been this sort of push towards so-called school choice, where, you know, increased voucher school programming. Walker made uh, cuts to the UW system in budgets past. He froze tuition. Um, Not so with Evers. Here he is actually giving a $150 million boost to the UW system. And that includes about $50 million to back up continuing that tuition freeze. You know, one of the big arguments from the UW during the freeze was, you know, they don't necessarily want to raise tuition, but they needed to fund the freeze. And so Evers is doing that. You know, again, Republicans have talked about wanting to give the UW an increase. You know, that's something that the most of them are on board with. But another sticking point here is that Evers would allow uh, undocumented students, so-called dreamers, Mm. who were brought to the U.S. by their parents uh, when they were young children, as long as they've lived in Wisconsin for the last three years um, and attended a high school in Wisconsin. And Tony Evers would allow them to pay in-state tuition rates to attend school here. You know, and that, that's something else that uh, came up on the campaign trail is, in terms of uh, is something that Republicans are opposed to. Wedge Issues is sponsored by WISPolitics.com. You can become a wispolitics.com member. Find out more at wispolitics.com slash membership. All right, well, moving right along, keeping up this fast clip. There's a lot in this budget that we had to get through, but uh, uh, let's talk criminal justice a little bit and specifically juvenile justice, which has been a huge contentious topic over the last few years in Wisconsin due to revelations uh 
about uh, mismanagement at uh, the Lincoln Hills Youth Prison that has shone a light with problems with our state's juvenile justice system. Yeah, what exactly did Evers do with regard to juvenile justice? And- yeah, two two major things here. One, he wants to raise the age at which juveniles can be charged as adults. So right now that's 17. He wants to move that up to 18. For, for very serious crimes like homicide, you could still waive younger offenders into the adult system. But um, as, as a general rule, he wants to treat 17-year-olds as juveniles, not as adults. And then the other element here is that Lincoln Hills closure plan. So this was a huge bipartisan effort in the last session to close Lincoln Hills by 2021 and replace it with some regional facilities throughout the state. Evers is putting in a lot more money into that plan than was originally allocated, but he also wants to delay that closure date. So instead of saying it's going to close by 2021, he wants to get the inmates who are there right now to the appropriate facilities. And basically, once the last inmate is transferred to the appropriate facility, then Lincoln Hills can close. And lawmakers who worked on that plan say, you know, they're they're willing to reconsider that 2021 date. They want to make sure that they get it right um, rather than just doing it quickly. But at the same time, they don't like the idea of an indefinite delay. They want to say, you know, maybe three months, six months, not potentially a year or two years. Um, And another big uh, takeaway here has to do with voting. Automatic voter registration, another item in this thing. Yeah, this is something we didn't know was coming. And we don't have a lot of details yet on exactly how this would work. But he's saying that the Elections Commission and the Department of Transportation need to work together to implement this basically as soon as they possibly can. And once implemented, they would keep refreshing that list every month. Um, What we don't know exactly at this point is how that's going to really work in practice. Yeah. The budget would also create a nonpartisan board that would handle redistricting, which has been another huge issue in Wisconsin. So many issues that are contentious in Wisconsin. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it turns out this is something that voters seem to like the idea of. The most recent Marquette poll found that 72% of voters want a model like this. Um, So Evers' proposal models itself after what they do in Iowa, where a board creates maps. Um, The board has appointees from the governor from the legislature, that board presents those maps to the legislature, and the legislature can potentially make some small changes, but not a whole lot, and then they vote on whether to approve those maps. So, you know, with the next census coming up and the map set to be redrawn in 2021, he's looking to get this in place ahead of that, so it would influence the next process. Uh, And at the same time, as we who follow these things know this uh, issue is working its way through the courts, mm-hmm. and it's possible that there will be some sort of ruling on that even before that uh, policy would be put into place. But um, this is another thing that Republicans have pretty much said they're not into it. In particular, Speaker Robin Voss has argued that you can't really have a truly nonpartisan board because people can't really behave in a, in a nonpartisan fashion, even if they're given that label. So, yeah. And to um, clarify, yeah. right now the system works in a way that where the legislature dictates where these lines are, are drawn. That's right. The legislature does, and, and the governor does have to approve that. So uh, it, it could be interesting even with the um, yeah. the dynamic that they have right now. But And this, isn't, this is something that both parties do in different states. The party that's in charge will benefit um, by drawing those district lines. Yeah. Um, and... 
Finally, the last thing that we're going to talk about here is the minimum wage. Minimum wage, seven twenty-five per hour right now, and, and Tony Evers is proposing a pretty modest increase in that. So it would go up a dollar in twenty twenty, and then it would get up to nine dollars by twenty twenty-one, and then the next two years after that it would go up by another seventy-five cents each year, and after that it would increase based on inflation. Uh, at the same time. Evers is proposing forming a task force now to talk about a way to get the state to $15 an hour, which is something that some groups have been asking for for a long time now. Um, yep. And fight for 15. Fight for 15, right. One. The, the $15 per hour increase, I think, is going to get opposition from groups like Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce, who argue that that mm-hmm. would be bad for businesses. But, but I think that'll be a separate conversation from these smaller increases that are, are set into the budget now. And Evers is also, we should note, repealing or proposing a repeal, rather, of the right to work law, which passed in Wisconsin a few years ago, which has to do with union dues. Right, Jesse? That's right. So um, this law prevents businesses from uh, entering contracts with unions where the unions require all workers to pay union fees, regardless of whether uh, those workers are actual members of the union. You know, unions argue that they provide services for all employees, regardless of whether they're members. Um, people who support that law argue that you know, you're basically forcing people to pay for something that they don't want to. So, you know, this was a huge fight in 2015. I can't imagine Republicans will <laughs> entertain the idea yeah. for even a second. But there are a lot of other things uh, that Evers has has proposed repealing uh, that Walker put into place that um, a lot of things related to sort of that right to work element. So like he would he would restore prevailing wage laws. He would restore the ability for local and state governments to enter project labor agreements. So a lot of things in that vein where where Republicans kind of took influence away from unions. Evers is proposing moving that back. There's no way Republicans are going to get on board with that, but it's in there. And the budget also includes a lot of provisions that would basically undo what the legislature did in the lame duck session in December. Um, Almost everything, not everything, but almost everything that went in there, Evers is proposing undoing. Right. Well, given that this is a budget full of non-starters, it would seem, for the Republican Party. I mean, where do we even go from here? What's what's going to happen next in this budgetary process? Well, I think we uh, have a lot of squabbling now, but uh, from a practical perspective, uh, legislators in the Republican Party will probably propose taking up the base budget, so working from current levels and building something from there rather than uh, taking Evers plan and working from that. So they're not they're just like putting they're that aside. Throw it they're gonna throw throwing it, it away. It's gone. Shredding it, it's starting done. their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um and you know they they may incorporate some provisions from the Evers budget in there cuz you know at the end of the day you do have to get some democratic support. So it's 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 possible that they'll include some things that they can live with from that Evers budget, but it doesn't sound like they're going to take up that proposal um, itself. Then the the negotiations start, and we sit through joint finance committee hearings where they um, talk to the various state agencies about their priorities and what's important to them. They debate each provision basically for the next few months, and ideally, something passes by the end of June, and then Tony Evers has to decide what to do with that. Right. I mean. 
When we talk about the federal budget, it's interesting because there have been like years at a time where no new budget has passed because of just, you know, partisan disagreement over what that should look like. Is there a chance that we go without being able to pass a budget in 2019? It, it could happen, but I think there is um, a lot of pressure and incentive for both lawmakers and the governor to come to an agreement at some point in some way. No one really wants to go home to their district and say, you know, hey, we know the school district needs to figure out how much money it's going to get, but we just can't figure it out in Madison. So, you know, there's there are real world implications from a local government perspective where people will start to hear from their constituents if they don't get something figured out. And I think that that keeps the pressure on here. Gotcha. And of course, there is a lot in this budget that we didn't even come close to talking about today. It's an $83.4 billion spending plan, um, which is another thing that Republicans object to because that's more than the last Walker budget, which I think was $76 billion. And even that, Republicans were like, well, this is kind of a lot. So um, seeing spending go up is, is never something that Republicans are going to get super on board with. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's a there's a lot in here that we didn't even begin to talk about today and haven't even begun to write about or, or report on. We're going to be digging into this document for the weeks to come and, and figuring out the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. Coverage to come. Also, be sure to check out the show notes for this episode where we'll be sure to link to Jesse's own coverage of the the unveiling of the budget from last night, from Thursday night. Um, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of details about what's what we know so far. That's right. Cool. All right. Well, uh, unless we got anything else to talk about, I am going to go listen to that Solange album because <laughs> I am really excited for that. I'm super excited for you to do that. I may have to join you in doing that. Please do. I'm going to so eat good, some leftover Casey's pizza for breakfast. Uh, Solange is the Casey's pizza of music, so... Maybe do both. I'm sure they pair very well I together. I they do, yeah. Pizza, some lovely R&B. Good way to ride into a Friday. Yeah, definitely. Oh, my God. This sounds too good. I've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, Jesse. This bye, is my Eric. Fun, as always. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues. Our theme music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. We'll be back every Friday with new episodes, so make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date. If you have any suggestions or feedback for me, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse Opie, J-E-S-S-I-E-O-P-I-E, or you can email me at J-O-P-O-I-E-N at Madison.com. If you like Wedge Issues, you can check out our other Cap Times podcasts like The Corner Table, which is about food and drink in Madison, or The Mad Splainers, which is about local government here. We'll have plenty to talk about in the coming weeks as we roll through this budget process. We'll see you next week. Wedge Issues has been brought to you by WISPolitics.com. There are plenty of benefits to becoming a member. You can go to wispolitics.com slash membership to find out more.